Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. I'm Kim Perez. I'm Amanda Montalvo. And we are functional nutritionists trained in a holistic, integrative approach to health and are founders of the Balanced Babe Method and Facebook group. We are on a mission to help women learn how to nourish their bodies, balance their hormones, and feel good in their skin. Because we've both dealt with our own health struggles, we are passionate about helping women become more in tune with their bodies and eliminate hormonal imbalances naturally through food, lifestyle habits, mindset, and targeted supplements tailored to each woman. We believe in the importance of intention, the power of intuition, and the value of prioritizing self-care. And we're here to empower all women. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we are not your doctor, and the content shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please chat with your doctor before making any changes. It's Amanda. Quick question for you. What kind of deodorant do you use? My absolute favorite non-toxic deodorant is the Blue Tansy deodorant from Primally Pure. I gift it to all of my clients and I've gotten both of my sisters hooked on it. And I hear the same thing from everyone. Oh my gosh, it actually works and doesn't irritate my skin. I've tried at least 15 non-toxic deodorants and while some of them definitely work better than others, none of them compare to Primally Pure, especially the Blue Tansy one. Not only do they avoid harmful ingredients like aluminum, fragrance, and different hormone disruptors, but it won't irritate your skin and it lasts all day. You can grab your own at PrimallyPure.com and make sure you use the code BBP to get 10% off your first order. everyone. Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. It's Kim Perez, nutritional therapy practitioner. And with me today, I have Mallory Leone. Mallory is a nutrition consultant, energy healer, and folk medicine practitioner practicing in Las Vegas, Nevada, and beyond. She specializes in helping women who are looking to expand their own intuition and heal from trauma, anxiety, and depression. So welcome, Mallory. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so for excited having- for this. So we're going to start with a few icebreaker questions. I picked a few based on, I always pick them based on the guest. So um, let's dive in. The first one is, what is your favorite self-care activity? Ooh, right now it is a combo of meditation and visualization and opening my Akashic records, which we can go into a little bit more. (laughs) I'm just like diving in. (laughs) Um, Basically, it just helps to get me really, really in tune with my purpose for the day and really, really cuts through the clutter of all the millions of things that we all want to be doing every day and think we quote unquote should be doing. So that is essential. And, um, and is almost becoming addictive, honestly. That's cool. And I like that because, you know, self-care is in, there, there's so many realms of self-care, but we tend to, a lot of the times I feel like focus on the physical self-care pieces. And I love that that is more of like a mental, emotional, spiritual activity. So I, yeah, let's talk about that for sure. Totally. <laughs> um, next question, because we're so focused on hormones and periods here. What's your favorite thing to do when you're on your period? Oh, that's such a cool question. 
I love baths. Um, this, this might be inappropriate, but I love having sex on my period. <laughs> Not inappropriate. Nothing. Oh. Inappropriate <laughs> I, you guys are, you guys are good about talking about this stuff. I find it to be a really sensual time of the month. And I feel like it's also sort of my personal battle against the paradigm that periods are gross yes. and that we should be ashamed and that women, you know, even though periods come with a lot of physical symptoms sometimes, um, I know that I have personally suffered from a lot of different physical symptoms that come with, with my cycle and continue to, uh, to heal that every single month, that that's just my one little thing that um, you know, my boyfriend is super on board and uh, it kind of helps me reclaim my, my sexuality and my sensuality during a time that where we were taught was, was not uh, a good time. Yeah. I actually, super note, I not too long ago went on YouTube and looked up a bunch of like 1980s and 90s tampon commercials and I was like, you got, this is why we're so messed up about our period. <laughs> it's like, this is what we saw on TV growing up. It's so bad. So yeah, the, the, the portrayal of period in the media is just terrible. And it's either like, you're supposed to be in pain and like hate your life versus like, you're supposed to be out running and like, not gonna, you know. Yeah, just ignoring it. Exactly. Yeah. Ignoring it or <laughs> suffering. And I like that you've turned it into something different. And, you know, one thing that we always talk to women about is like, you should find a way to enjoy your period. It doesn't mean you're going to love every single thing that happens, but you should find some way to enjoy it. And I think that pleasure in any form, like sexual or non, is kind of taboo. And like, what's the, what's the best way to feel better when you maybe you're not feeling so great is find some form of pleasure. So I love that one. Absolutely. Um, next one is your preferred form of exercise or movement. Okay, well, I remember the last time I talked to you, it was CrossFit, and which is so funny because now it is uh, much, <laughs> there, there's a season for everything, and I really sort of started concentrating on more functional movement and stretching and mobility, um, which isn't to say that I don't like to get a good, you know, wad in or a good lift. It just is like fewer and further between. So I'm doing a lot less lifting, a lot more recovery. And I think that, you know, listening to our bodies is so essential. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, really getting back into yoga and, um, and just listening to my body a lot. I like that because it's, again, something we preach. There are seasons for everything. And it's not to say that you might not want to get back into more intensity or more frequency, but right now this is what's working. And that's, that's a message that we want to continue to preach. Like what works for you right now? Yes, absolutely. And then the last one, this is open to interpretation, but what is one thing that you're looking forward to right now? Whoa, so many things. Um, or multiple things. Like what's on yeah. your radar? Gosh, like, so this month I, it's, I'm focusing a lot on all sorts of different types of self self-care. I think that um, personally, I've been running, I've been burning the candle at both ends and just taking the time and the space and making space for myself and um, it's like sitting outside, being in nature more, that is huge. And I, I kind of am only focusing on that for the next like 30 days or, or so within that 
building in that time for meditation, for speaking with my, with my guides and um, really tuning into myself. When you run a business and you're doing all of the things that women these days are sort of expected or, or put pressure on themselves to do, um, you know, we talk a lot about self-care, but I just wonder how many of us are actually doing it. And I've never said this out loud, so I don't know how it's going to come out in words, but basically putting more on your plate to do, even if it's self-care related, is not necessarily the best thing for you. And so making these crazy laundry lists of things like, oh, I'm going to get my nails done and then I'm going to get a massage and then I'm going to sit out by the pool and then I'm going to read this book and then I'm going to meditate for an hour. Like that <laughs> doesn't necessarily um, calm your nervous system. <laughs> and so I think what I'm choosing to do what I'm really looking forward to is seeing how often I can sink into silence and, and just listen. So that's one big thing. Um, I mean, there's so much, there's so much going on with the business, um, looking forward to stuff like this, where I get to connect with other women and, um, and really getting into the community here in Vegas because it's so different from LA and I, I really, but everyone's like interested and gets it. And so starting to do some moon circles and some meditation, um, groups here in, in Vegas. I'm really excited about that. Will you ever run or do you ever run like virtual groups? I don't. I was actually it's so funny you mentioned that because I was literally just reading um, a couple of different um, colleagues. They're starting virtual groups, and I am super focused, at least this year, on creating uh, sort of more one-on-one -on -one contact with with humans um, because there's so much that I offer on Instagram and and the blog and free resources for people, which I love. Um, for now, I, I want to start a little bit more intimate and more in person. I also work one-on-one -on -one with clients, so that's a really good opportunity to do something virtual. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the more of the group stuff, I think getting women in a group, in a circle, in person is some of the most powerful medicine on the planet. And so that's that's definitely my focus right now. I love that. I'm, I'm like still searching for that where I live. Um, so maybe we can chat about that. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll run them myself. Yes, I have so many um, ideas. <laughs> I think that the I think that there's no substitute for in-person community and connection. So I feel like a drug dealer when I'm out and about because I'll meet someone and I'll like I'll get their vibe and I'll be like, hey, you wanna you wanna join me? You wanna join this moon circle? <laughs> and they're they're thirsty for it, they're craving it, but they just don't know maybe. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I wanna dive into all of these things, this self-care, this manifestation, energy healing. Um, but maybe for those that don't know you or don't know about what you do, I feel like you have a very interesting background and what's brought you to where you are. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story and you know what led you to doing this work right now. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm all over the place, but I, it, it, it is You're pretty not alone. Weird. <laughs> it is pretty linear when you when you think about it and especially like you guys are doing the same thing you kind of start I, nutrition was my gateway drug I didn't feel good I felt like I wasn't aging very well I was in my late 20s and I you know I had puffy you know puffy face and wrinkles and I was holding on to some fat around my abdomen I had terrible IBS um, I definitely wasn't happy I was I was very depressed and frustrated and kind of didn't know what to do about it and I stumbled upon this thing called like 
naturopathic medicine and holistic healing. I had no idea, you guys. Like most people, like some people are raised with this stuff. I was raised on McDonald's and boxed noodles and, you know, no hate on my parents. This is just how it was in the 90s. Like <laughs> there was a lot of frozen food. Um, and I'm from a, you know, a relatively small town in California. We just, we didn't know. And, um, but you know, it catches up with you and, and your biology. And so I started with that. I started studying. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So I went back and started to get some pre-med stuff um, under my belt. And then I started working with um, a naturopathic doctor in her office. I was uh, shadowing her. I, she was so incredible. Let me sit in on all of her appointments. Um, I was taking notes. I was seeing all these trends. And as I sat with her longer and longer, and I was taking, you know, all these biology and chemistry and, you know, physiology classes, I was like, it, she's amazing. And I loved what she was able to do for people. But I was like, man, if they don't have nutrition dialed in, all of these supplements and alternative therapies are harder to, to um, harness their power. So getting sort of everything on baseline with what you put into your body initially is really important. So I went back to school for holistic nutrition. I got a certification in that. Um, from there, I worked one-on-one -on -one with clients for about two years. And that was, again, incredibly eye-opening, just being able to see patterns and look at the bigger picture, which is a blessing and a curse because it's hard to concentrate on one thing and focus in when you do that. But at the same time, again, I saw this bigger picture of health where I was like, the food isn't healing people either. <laughs> and all of the supplements and everything, like, there's another piece to this puzzle. A lot of naturopathic doctors do see this and they recognize it and they study energy healing themselves, but they can't do everything. So again, you know, I started to tap into that and, and studying um, energy healing and even, you know, just psychotherapy and, and shadow work and um, going to sound baths and meditation and, you know, what a lot of people would call biohacking in the modern world is rooted in this um, connection to the self and connection to the earth that I, at the time, I didn't feel like a lot of people were talking about. It's since blown up and is getting really, which is amazing. I think we're, we're really in, um, a, we're, we're entering this collective consciousness where people are starting to really get it and they're starting to heal themselves. And I think it's absolutely um, just incredible. And we're, I really feel that we're starting to heal as a collective, um, which is so important, in fact, essential. <laughs> um, and so from there, again, studying, um, I got Reiki certified, which I totally didn't believe in Reiki. I thought it was so ridiculous. Um, and it was sort of by accident that I got certified. And certification is not, it's not a legalized term or anything that is um, strictly regulated, but uh, what we call it in Reiki is attunements. And so it's, I mean, to describe what it looks like, what an attunement looks like to someone who isn't familiar, it's literally like your Reiki master is kind of putting their hands over you and, you know, <laughs> doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And you are then attuned with the Reiki energy. And there's usually three levels, depending on your lineage. Um, I'm of the Teramaya tradition. I was trained in the Teramaya tradition. And, um, and I, I got it, the first attunement, I was like, everyone should do this. Like everyone should get attuned, at least with Reiki one, even if you never want to practice because it was so transformative. Um, meanwhile, I was also studying and getting attuned to all these crazy um, 
shamanic attunements and all this, all this, which I never, ever thought I would use professionally or on other people. It was literally just to heal my own trauma. Um, and from there, it just sort of made sense as I was doing coaching or with, with nutrition clients or talking to people about their depression and anxiety, which is rampant in the U.S., um, and especially with women, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but women suffer depression a huge percentage more than men. It's it's in our it's in a lot of ways in our DNA and in you know in the our our evolution as women to constantly be on the lookout for things that could harm us, and um, and so reining in that anxiety and and dealing with more modern problems with these healing modalities just make sense um, until I just finally started offering it professionally because it just, it, I couldn't not do that. So now I work one-on-one -on -one with clients um, and like I mentioned earlier, group sessions and, um, and that, that also led to Manifest Box, which is the ritual kits that I make. So that's kind of where we are right now. <laughs> and I, I I really appreciate that because I feel like that's, I mean, I haven't dove anywhere near as deeply as you have, but I feel like I started in nutrition as well. And I still obviously am a nutritional therapist. Like that's my role, but in working with people, you just realize like, it's never just about the food. And a lot of times, like even looking at it through a lens of nutrition, a lot of these like anxieties, stresses, um, traumas can manifest themselves through eating behaviors, con you know, controlling, restriction, et cetera. And what I'm excited to really talk about is that, you know, so many women that are in our group and that we work with come to us for nutrition and we can obviously help them in so many ways, but sometimes that's not really the thing that we need to tackle. And sometimes it is a little bit more deep than that. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where I think a lot of this external self-care and energy work really come into it. Um, now for those that are, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it's, it's about integration. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so if we're going to talk about holistic health or integrative health, integrating the mind, the body, and the soul is the goal. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I think that that is when people truly tap into real healing is like yeah. taking all, if you picture like all the bits and pieces of yourself are sort of like floating around your, your body and taking those bits and pieces and sort of putting them back into place is sort of our life's purpose. And for a lot of people, um, and this is, this is how you do, I, I couldn't do this without talking about nutrition. And I think you're right. The same goes for, for, for nutritional therapists, for nutritionists, you almost can't not talk about why someone gets so triggered when they've been a vegetarian for 18 years and you're telling them to start, you know, doing amino acid therapy or something where <laughs> they need to start getting protein in a new way that, I mean, it's, I would work with clients who would cry every single time they ate a meal because I was recommending that they ate meat because their thyroid was disappearing. Like, but so it's, it's so multifaceted and, and learning even as a, as a nutritional therapist, learning, being, uh, having that, that empathy and, and, and being energetically sensitive to your client is so important because you can't, I mean, if, if you could just give people lists of what to eat, we'd be done. You know, you're oh, like, yeah. That would be very simple. There, and I say it all the time, there are sessions that I have with clients where we don't even really talk about food. Yep. 
all about, you know, whatever the thing is that's going on. And it's usually something, stress, anxiety, um, you know, just overwhelm related. Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. You can't not talk about nutrition in that realm. So what I was going to ask before is that for those that, you know, are maybe new to like the topic of energy healing, I feel like you've probably covered it already, but like, how do you define energy healing and, and who, who really can benefit from it? Ooh, well, I feel like everyone can benefit from it. And the more I'm studying energy healing, the more I realize it's sort of everything, <laughs> which is not a great, uh, <laughs> like very succinct way of describing it. Um, because literally I, when I'm going throughout my day, when I'm like walking my dog, when I have interactions with people, um, I look into their eyes, like something as simple as like, actually connecting with the person that you're buying your coffee from or people sometimes just talk to me like strangers and you know on the one I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human being I'm not a saint and so sometimes I'll be like oh my goodness <laughs> like, but other times I can really I can I can really connect I can literally feel our energies connecting um and I think that that is healing in a way I know it, it this is going to maybe get pretty esoteric um there are a lot of people in the field right now that are trying to sort of quantify energy healing and study it a little bit more because they recognize how important it is and how essential it is to healing. And it's really hard because, so to get back to your question, energy healing is um, sort of a, a broad definition would be an alternative healing modality. Um, it, you can use anything from touch like massage or pressure point therapy or even acupuncture to non-touch therapies like Reiki, sound healing, vibrational healing. Um, but essentially what you're doing is you are helping to clear and or manipulate the energetic pathways in and around your body. So the idea is that energy can get stuck. And this happens in a bunch of different ways. It can happen um, because of trauma. Um, a, lot, a lot happens, especially to our unconscious self from the ages of about one to seven, which is when our subconscious is forming. Um, physical illness, injury, and even if you want to get super woo-woo, past life events. Um, so things that didn't even happen to you necessarily, but happened to maybe a past version of your soul. Um, we can talk about like epigenetics and how my mother's trauma and her mother's trauma before her has made its way into my body. And so by uh, practicing energy healing or, or rather getting energy healing done on you, we can help to loosen those energetic blocks so that healing happens more easily. So the first time I ever got Reiki was, it was super quick. I was actually getting a facial and the woman was like, oh, I just learned Reiki. Can I Reiki your knee? Because I was having knee problems and she did it. And I was like, Meh, I didn't feel anything. Like my knee still hurts. And, but the more I study it and what my Reiki teacher taught us is that, and this comes down from, you know, the, people who started energy healing, you are a hollow vessel for the energy to come through. As a healer, I'm not doing anything except I act as the vessel that the energy comes through. In that sense, I cannot say like, hey, energy, go to this person's knee. I can say, energy, go where you need to go. And so Reiki knows where to go. It knows how to heal and where to heal. It's not me doing that. It's not your acupuncturist even really doing that. It's it's how that energy needs to move inside of you. And so, you know, one way to maybe, maybe an example of this would be you go to an energy healer to, because you have chronic back pain 
And over time, your energy starts to move and transform. And maybe that leads you to reaching out to a physical therapist. You never, maybe you get a, an intuitive hit that you need to search something on the internet for whatever. <laughs> and that's what leads you to your next level of healing or, um, or it, or you, you, it shakes loose something inside of you where you start to heal your relationship with your father and all all of a sudden, as you start to work through those shadows, the pain starts to release. And that's sort of the magic of it and the stuff that we can't really explain. And one thing I think is really important about energy healing is that I would say nine times out of 10, and again, there's not enough science around this, but the person receiving the healing has to be receptive to it. If you're sitting there and you're going, this is bull, I, th I don't believe in this, I'm wasting my money, you're absolutely not going to get the benefits of energy healing, which is why I think it comes to people at different times in their life. Um, it's sort of like when, when you're ready, the teacher appears. Um, that's very much has been my, my experience and I think the experience of a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. And do you think that there's any, you know, I guess it depends on the person, but is there like some introductory thing that you recommend for people who maybe are like kind of interested but don't want to go too in depth like where can someone start if they want to pursue energy healing or pursue pursue a healer okay this is a great question so i would say free free 99 start meditating 100 it is you know it's it's taking you into different um brain waves it is it, silence is incredibly healing in and of itself. It starts to connect you more with your intuition and your innate magic. Um, so that's something that anyone can do right now. And I, I personally feel, and I've seen this happen so often, that when people start a regular meditation practice, they start to see synchronicities, they start to trust themselves more, and then maybe you can move to the next level, which is you know paying for someone. Um, I would say Reiki is a really, really good introduction because it's not too cost prohibitive. Usually you can find a good Reiki healer for not crazy amounts of money. You can do remote energy healings, which sounds crazy because they're not even in the room with you, but they're, they're actually really, really potent. Um, my, my teacher does remote healings. I do remote healings. And so if you're a little unsure, you can do something like that. Um, In-person ones are really beautiful because it, again, it creates this the space, which I really, it's like a spa. It's like spa day. Um, and then if you wanted, if, if you're more of a skeptic, I would say maybe try acupuncture if you haven't already, because that's a little bit more like scientifically medically rooted. And so once you maybe start feeling the difference with acupuncture, then you could, you could take that to the next level. Sound baths are, are energy healings, which are, again, are totally accessible. Um, I mean, I'm sure it depends on where you live, but most major to mid-sized cities will offer some sort of group meditation or sound bath experience, and that is 100% energy healing. So there's lots of options. And I, I feel like I found that yoga studios tend to offer them. Yes, absolutely. I've seen, I've seen that. Be, and I feel like acupuncture was maybe my first introductory in it, because I started going to acupuncture just for like stress. I tend to hold a lot of stress in my neck and my shoulders, as a lot of people. Um, and I would go and I found an acupuncturist who like, I left feeling good. Like I felt looser. I felt like my ears and my shoulders were detached. Um, but then when I started going to like an acupuncturist who was like, also did 
energy healing and herbal medicine, et cetera. I distinctly remember like leaving there feeling like I just woke up from the dead. Like I felt like I was in a 10 hour nap mm -hmm. in that office where really it was 20 minutes. And I think that that, you know, because there's not such a specific definition on energy healing, like for me, that was energy healing. That for me, that was energy medicine. Um, 100%. And it's sometimes like a subtle shift that you feel. Yeah, sometimes it's a, a subtle shift and sometimes people hop off the table and their chronic pain is gone. Like it, yeah. it can work miracles. I just don't like to set people up for that expectation because um, that's not always where the medicine wants to go. And just to be clear, like there are countless numbers, there are countless types rather of energy healing. There's stuff that I learn. I learn a new thing every day. Um, it just kind of depends on what resonates with you and if you like if you see if you go to someone's website and you see their picture and you're reading their words and you're like whoa this is the person for me like just go with it if you go to someone's site and you're like uh i don't get a good feeling from this or if you walk into a reiki studio and you get the heebie-jeebies or you feel like it's fake like get out of there you, that's not for you maybe you try breath work or maybe um, you stumble upon like a crystal chakra healer or whatever it is. There are really countless um, modalities to this stuff. It can also be really overwhelming, but I, I will say go with your gut and, and maybe start, start small and know that you can do this for free. You can just start searching it online. This doesn't have to be something that's crazy um, cost prohibitive or a huge financial commitment or anything like that. Even like psychotherapy in a lot of ways is, is energy healing. You're changing the pathways of your brain. You're, you're learning to think in new ways, reprogram. What do you think about journaling? Do you think that oh, that could be energy healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you have sort of like, if you either have guided prompts or if you just do like free flow, um, absolutely that could, because it's a huge release, you know? Yes, definitely. And that's, that's why I love journaling and I love meditation too for that because you can do it free form if you want or if you're kind of overwhelmed by it or not sure where to begin. There's so many amazing guided meditations, journal prompts that can get you started um, and open the gates to maybe something else or maybe not. Like maybe that's enough. Yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of having someone, um, whether that's your therapist or your shaman or your energy healer or your nutritionist to, to kind of help guide you. But another thing super simple you can do when you're sitting in meditation, and again, we're going a little woo here, but ask your guides. You don't have to know who they are. You don't have to picture any, you know, angel light being or anything, but just, I mean, I talk to them like I talk to my friends, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's your guidance for me today? And that, because I, I have a really hard time concentrating. I want to do everything. And um, that's not necessarily the best route. Uh, and it can be incredibly expensive and time consuming. And it can really take away from what the work is, which is to get to know yourself again and to really, really dig deep and, um, and trust your intuitive center. And so just ask. You'd be surprised what you hear sometimes. And something else I think is really important in your you always talk about this, but sometimes it's not all like fun. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to work through some of the more difficult, deeper things. So can you talk to us about that? I know you've mentioned shadow work, but 
Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So this, I have a love-hate relationship with this concept. Um, so shadow work, I, I don't know if it originated with Carl Jung, but he definitely was one of the intellectual minds behind this idea that in order to sort of reach in and, and see the light, we have to deal with the dark. And there are countless books on Amazon. Um, one of my favorites is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. She has a really, really good way of, a very simple way, like very non-woo, non-esoteric way of sort of breaking down um, shadow work and giving you really easy exercises. So, but another, so basically <laughs> what it means is dealing, not bypassing the hard stuff. And this could look like anything. This could look like dealing with trauma. This could look like dealing with your mother who every time you get on the phone with her, you're triggered. Um, you know, something I think a lot of people go through in this modern age is not liking their jobs. And so instead of kind of sitting there and going like, okay, what's the next best thing? And like, what can I do? And where should I go from here? And should I quit? And I'll do this side hustle and I'll do all these things like getting really, really real with yourself, making lists. This, this also happens with partners, with, um, with romantic relationships. It's like we have this idea of what we quote unquote want from another person, but what are we doing to become whole? What are we here to offer them? What are we here to offer the relationship? And this is kind of where the spell work and the ritual comes in for me because it helps to provide a container for me to do my shadow work and also to manifest because it can get really amorphous and, and pretty crazy. So having a little bit of guidance like the book that I mentioned or, um, or different rituals or manifesting with the moon, uh, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, to have certain times where you're manifesting and certain times where, where you're digging deep into what is it that I actually want and why and what is the feeling behind it and i'm so lucky because i have people in my life that i can bounce ideas off of and talk to this stuff about so okay so another good example of shadow work is um okay we'll, we'll go with the the job thing so i say that you hate your job sitting down and writing lists of like everything you love about it there because there probably are some things that you like and then writing down everything that you hate and then looking at that list of why you hate those things and being like, where did this come from? Is it because I was raised in the woods and I love being outside and now I feel stuck behind a computer? That is excellent information to have about yourself. Um, so many people think they want to be online entrepreneurs and, you know, have courses and funnels and tripwires and all this and send email newsletters. And then they get behind their computer and they hate writing. And so what, what's going on there? Like, what would you rather be doing? And so this is sort of a a light version of shadow work. It can go as deep as you want it to go into subconscious stuff and, and horrific things from your childhood and, and dealing with those. But sometimes you'd be surprised if you snip at your partner about, you know, doing the dishes, like what's going on there? Why do you feel the need to have complete control over the sink at all times? <laughs> and like, what can that teach you about yourself and how you can let go and relax a little bit more and enjoy your life? So this is a very high level um, explanation of shadow work, uh, um, but it is so helpful and it's something that you really can do every day. 
The flip side for me, I think, because I'm, I get pretty intense about things is like getting in the mire of shadow work and never coming out, which is also something that is totally possible. Um, I would say if you've been doing shadow work for, you know, a year or more, we need to start talking about like climbing out of that and start to manifest the good things that you're doing all this work for in the first place, because we are on this planet. We are on this plane to evolve into our highest self. And so if you're getting super into it and getting into your trauma, like just being careful that you're not being a victim to that and that you're using these tools to help get out. If that makes sense. Makes sense. And like taking action on the work that you're doing. Yes. Makes sense. Yes. Um, and, and welcoming the transformation. That's important too. Because why do that work if you don't want something to come out of it? Yes. Something other good. than being a victim to it. Yes. I love that. Maybe, <laughs> you know, that maybe is that somewhere um, that people can begin, like something little that bothers you, do some shadow work around that. And that is a great place to start. And your triggers are your teachers. So, and people are triggered every day with that. like emails, Slack messages, roommates, partners. Um, and so that is an excellent place to start writing down your triggers throughout the day and seeing you know, instead of being like, oh man, I really got to talk to my partner because he keeps doing this. And, uh, and I, you know, I need to like rectify this and make this better by, you know, making him change being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, there's some things that, you know, Hey man, clean the sink out, whatever. That's easy, maybe, but why am I so triggered by this? And, and that really, really helps me. And again, like I'm, I feel so, so lucky to have a partner that's willing to talk through stuff like that with me because I'm pretty honest. And so I'll kind of say whatever is coming up for me. <laughs> and then we're able to work through it together, which is lovely, but you can definitely do this stuff on your own. The journaling helps. Um, and, and if you need guidance, again, the, the shadow, any literally Google shadow work in books on Amazon and 3000 come up. Uh, Robert A. Johnson is another author. Um, I have not actually read his book, but it comes highly recommended. And even um, like self-compassion work. So there's a lot of books on self-compassion coming out. Again, I think this is a cultural problem. We are incredibly hard on ourselves. And so maybe even if the shadow work's not speaking to you, looking for books on and, and workbooks on self-compassion, that can also really help. Good. I'm going to link to those books specifically, but I think that's really important. So now you mentioned this kind of being contrary or complimentary, but um, this idea of manifestation and um, this idea that we can will good things to happen and it's all about positivity. Obviously, we have to balance both, but you know, what does manifestation mean? Specifically? Oh, such a big topic these days. It's everywhere because it's so powerful. Um, I will definitely answer that question, but I saw something on Facebook today in one of the manifestation groups I'm a part of, and a woman was asking if she manifested her husband's alcoholism, and it broke my heart. <laughs> um, so I think that that's a good place to start because it can get, we can get in our heads about this stuff. And to me, manifestation is an opportunity to get really in touch with ourselves and our desires because desire is natural. It's a very human thing. Um, I feel like 
we as humans and especially in the west we tend to either go deep into our desires and we're just like spending all our money and on and distracting ourselves with spending or, or consuming or we go the other direction and we feel like we're not worthy of anything and that so we buy a new pair of shoes and we're like, oh, I don't even need this. What are you doing, Mallory? Like, why are you spending money? You don't deserve, you didn't even work that hard today. And so like manifestation is about getting in touch with your desires, feeling through them. So feeling as if they've already come true, that they've already happened to you. Practicing gratitude, which is another thing that's thrown around a lot to the point where I was practicing gratitude every day and it was like, I'm abundant. I'm abundant. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But I wasn't feeling it. I was just like, yeah, I'm freaking grateful for my coffee and my bed and my dog and my boy. But I wasn't actually feeling the gratitude. And so what manifestation means to me at this point is, is getting in tune with myself, asking myself what I really want on a very regular basis. I mean, depending on what season I'm in, um, in my life, it could be daily. Sometimes I kind of forget about it and it's like, yeah, I'll manifest on the new moon when it comes around. And, um, and that, and that helps me to guide my, my business and the things that I do and helps guide my relationship with my boyfriend. Um, but being careful, you are, you are very powerful. Your energy and your thoughts definitely mean something, but does that mean if you're in an airplane and you think of the plane going down, it's going to go down? No. <laughs> if, does, does that mean that you're manifesting terrible things happening to you? I really hesitate to say that that's true. And there will be a lot of people that disagree with me. I think instead that our souls come down to this plane and we are presented with different challenges. So this is one thing that help us to evolve. Number two, I think we do repeat different karmic situations and mistakes that we've made until we have worked through them to the point where they don't have to repeat again. Okay, so, but do I think that I'm manifested getting in a car accident in December? No, I don't. I think that that taught me some, a lot and I was able to work through it and that thing happened to me probably for a couple of really cool reasons. Um, but I don't, I really don't want people to get in their heads too much about this, that every negative thought they have is going to harm them or the people they love in any way. Instead, recognizing those thoughts and being like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Why am I feeling negative? Sitting with yourself, again, meditation, visualization, things like that, and being like, okay, well, I'm having some fears, I'm having some anxieties. Now let's flip the script and let's see if I can feel into the abundance of my life and the gratitude that I have, that I truly have. Um, and then you can kind of let go. Uh, we've talked about this before that letting go is a huge part of manifestation. If I'm sitting here writing my mantras angrily, like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to earn $100,000 this month. That is not a vibe that you want to be tapping into. That's desperation, that's scarcity. And so it's, it's subtle and it's actually kind of hard to teach because you, you have to do this on your own. Um, again, you know, have a guide, have someone who you can talk through this stuff with maybe, but you're going to have to figure out that vibe on your own and like what that feels like to you and what it means to you. Um, so I would say like manifestation is a feeling. And yeah, you can totally manifest awesome. So you can manifest new cars, you can manifest your dream job, you can do all that. But 
that comes with some pretty deep work in my experience. Because I don't think it's just like you think it and it happens. It's, it's a more of an energetic shift that you're changing your thoughts, you're you know, changing your energy, which is then changing your behaviors and then your patterns and down the line, down the line, down the line. I'm nodding so, my head aggressively, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, at least that's what I've realized. Because at first, you know, manifestation can seem kind of ridiculous. Like, well, I'm going to write this mantra, I'm going to repeat this mantra to myself, or I'm just going to will this thing to happen and it's going to happen. Right. Especially if you don't believe in that. <laughs> it's going to seem ridiculous. But I think when you really dive into it in that way, it makes a ton of sense. Yes. And it makes so much sense that you will see stuff pop up that isn't called manifestation at all. It's called self-help, self-development. It's mm -hmm. called um, rewiring thought patterns. It's called, I mean, there are people in, in like, in, that work with brain chemistry and, and thought patterns and psychology that, that do this. And they have a more scientific way of talking about it, but it's the same idea that if you exist in a, in a place of pain and hurt and sickness and lack and scarcity, then yes, good things will still happen to you. It's, an, it's inevitable, but way more good things will happen if you start to focus on the good that is already in your life, have that gratitude and start to tap into the vibration of that goodness. And, and you will just suddenly stop seeing as much of the bad stuff. And it really is the negativity, the negative thought patterns. That is our brains trying to protect us. I've heard this over and over again from healers, from manifestors, from coaches. And, it, and it's so true. And we have proof that the way that the brain works, it's like, it makes so much sense. Bad things have happened in your life, duh. And then your brain is like, oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to, we have to keep thinking of those things so that we are protected from them. Yeah. And so we, it, it's inevitable that our brains are doing this to us but it's our responsibility to get out of that pattern. And that's what manifestation practices can help us do. You just made me think of something too. Um, if you follow the work of Brené Brown, she talks a lot about that um, as foreboding joy, like this constant protection, quote unquote, because we're focusing on all the bad things that can happen and the bad things that have happened that we're just not open to the good that can happen. And when it does happen, we can enjoy it. Absolutely. We... Um, we only can see a very small percentage of our environment at any time. I, it's something like less than 1%, I think. I'm just like making statistics up. But so in this, room, <laughs> in this room right now, my brain, my eyeballs connected to my brain, my ears connected to my brain, my, my senses, they can only take in so much of my environment at once, like a very, very small percentage. Knowing that, are we like, and knowing what our brains are doing to try to protect us, it, it only makes sense that I'm only like, if I'm tapped into the vibration of negativity and protecting myself and scarcity, I'm only going to see the bad stuff. You can't even comprehend the good that's going around, you know, all around you when you're tapped into that. When you're tapped into the good, you see the silliest stuff. And it, like, this is when people start getting intuitive hits or start to see synchronicities is because it, this, I mean, it is magic because we don't have, everything that we don't have proof for yet is magic. <laughs> um, but 
they, they, they all of a sudden become like spiritual and like manifestors because they're like, what is going on? I'm, I'm all of a sudden seeing all this amazing stuff going on around me, but it's no accident. It's a practice. It's like a muscle. It is. And it makes me think of, you know, my background in terms of like my anxiety when I'm in, when I'm in anxiety mode and when I used to like suffer from terrible panic attacks, blinders were on and you're only, you're so narrow-minded that you actually physically can't see outside of that. So to me, that makes a lot of sense because when you're more open and you can perceive other things versus just being so focused on the bad or the one single thing in your life, being victim to that, Mm -hmm. um, there is lack of abundance. And if you, you know, if you've experienced anxiety or anything like that, you probably can relate. Absolutely. And that you bring up a great point. And I want to definitely mention that when it comes to things like depression, anxiety, and even um, physical manifestations of pain um, and illness, that again, going back to that sort of multi-pronged approach that there are healers that believe that you can sit in visualization every single day and meditation and tap into the vibration of health and you can become well. However, I am not quite on that train fully yet because I do believe that if I were to eat pizza every single night and drink Pepsi and uh, never work out and I became a hoarder that <laughs> so like my physical environment, my biological environment, my physiological environment were um, not on on point or at least like trending in the right direction, it is a lot harder to heal. And so I think like manifestation is powerful again, we are powerful beings way more than we're raised to think. Um, however, I think that part of that is, is, the, is our physical environment as well. And so if you do suffer from anxiety, depression, or, or another physical ailment, knowing that manifestation is a powerful tool, however, um, we also need, need the physical in a lot of ways. And I think the physical, all, it all relates because the food yeah. that you put in your body is, you know, that's relating to energy the way that you move your body or don't, um, mm. the sleep that you get, the, you know, all of this does in some way relate to your energy. So it's all kind of momentum pushing you in that right direction. Absolutely. I remember um, years and years and years ago, um, an acupuncturist that I worked with was really, really big on um, the law of attraction. And maybe it was one of my first introdu introductions to everything, but I remember him telling me once that he was trying a new diet where he would eat whatever he wants, but he had to just believe that it was good for him. And I had to bite my tongue because it was like bagels and cream cheese and pizza and chips every day. But he, as long as he believed it was good for his body, it would be. And I was like, I don't really think it works that way. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know so much about it, but I don't think it works that way. Self-experimentation can be awesome. I really hope that worked for him. And I think that there's something to be said, you know, somewhat along those lines. Like if you are really, really strict, we're bringing it back to nutrition, like you're really, really strict with your diet and you're always obsessed over it and your diet looks perfect on paper, it's not going to benefit you probably as much as if you were a little bit looser and, you know, enjoyed yourself and indulged from time to time, et cetera, and knew that that wasn't going to harm you right? Like there is an energetic kind of um, component to the view. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and all things come back to that balance. But I love what you said about the energetics just of food and even the things we put on our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to an essential oil expert 
And she was talking all about how she knows for a fact that the essential oils she uses are fair trade and that they treat the farmers really well and that they're not, um, they're not wild harvesting. So they know that the plant, like the plants aren't endangered or, or that there's anything negative happening to the, like they're always putting back into the earth. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I talk about energy healing all day, but like, where is my stuff coming from? And what is the energy behind the things that we eat and, and, you know, and consume? So I think that without getting again, two in our heads, like that is something really cool to think about. And, um, and on the same note, I was speaking with a client the other day who she cannot eat meat. Like it, she cried, like she cries. She, it makes her so sad. And as a woman and as a nutritionist and knowing what proteins do to our bodies, they create neurotransmitters and hormones and they build our muscles and our organs. And they pretty much have a, a role in every single cell in our body. I can't say that from a physiological perspective that I recommend she don't, that she doesn't eat any protein. However, I, I was working with her on some meditations that she can do um, before she eats so that she can sort of accept the food into her body. And I told her, and don't, if it, if it looks gross to you or if you don't want to eat it, please don't. Like go for something else that, that feels better to you because yeah, you're right. It's not going to help. And that stress and those like, if cortisol is pumping out as you're eating your meal, you're not going to digest it anyway. So who cares if you're eating a grass-fed steak or not? <laughs> so I true, know true. that this could sound like a little bit too complex and um, like, yeah, like I just want an answer. I just want to know what to do. But again, that's where this kind of healing comes from is like, listen to your body and listen to yourself. And if a healer or if someone is telling you um, something to do and that feels innately wrong to you, I've been told several times by different healers that I should go completely vegan. And I know that that doesn't work for me and it triggers old um, eating disorder patterns and things like that. So, you know, take everything, not only with a grain of salt, but also like meditate on it and, and feel through it and, and see how it feels to you every single time. I think that that's also part of the importance of, you know, working with someone is wonderful and I wholly recommend it in any realm, but you also need to do that work yourself. And everything that you've mentioned in terms of manifestation, spell work, journaling, meditation, the underlying theme to all of those things is getting to know yourself getting to know your desires, getting to know your triggers. And while someone else can really help you to dig those things out, I don't think that it can be maybe fully done unless you're also kind of con in conjunction doing that work with yourself. 100%. And this sort of brings me to a little bit of a tangent of Western traditions of medicine and healing in which the practitioner is God mm -hmm. and more ancient modalities of healing were, we are giving you like the healers, like the wise woman tradition of healing. That's something that's been around forever and you could totally look up and read about, but it essentially is you are your own healer and your herbalist or your, your, you know, the witch on the corner or <laughs> your nutritionist or even your doctor, they can help hold space and they can help guide, but all of it is to essentially make yourself your own healer. And that is how all of this works. And we just really need to shift away from that idea of practitioner as God. Um, it is, it's a really, really backwards and unhealthy way of thinking. And it, I mean, yeah, you pay someone 300 bucks 
and they give you a bunch of supplements, like you would expect to be healed. But unfortunately, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And it can also shift the responsibility where ultimately the responsibility is ours to do the work. And I hear it time and time and time again from people that are just doing things like, oh, my doctor told me to do that. Mm -hmm. My doctor told me to eat this way, but my doctor has no training in nutrition. So I'm just going to listen. Um, and it takes that responsibility away. Like, does this seem normal to you? Does this seem right for your body? If your innate guide is telling you no, or maybe physically you're not feeling like this is a good choice for you, take responsibility for that. And it's not saying don't listen to your doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a, a responsibility that has to be taken with everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great. I feel like we could keep, we could talk about this forever, but I have, we have so many other things. So I want to kind of transition, but I'm sure we'll get a lot of questions. About this. So um, my question next is in terms of timing. So you talked about manifesting the moon. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on timing of manifestation? Um, is there a time of the day, month, year, et cetera, that it's maybe more powerful to manifest and use this type of magic? Yes. So, okay. So I'm going to speak both to, to a couple different types of people. So I feel like there's a type of people that really want like strict rules. And then there are types of people that are, that freaks them out and they run the other direction. So for people that want really strict rules, you can get pretty, um, you can get pretty detailed when it comes to this. So I would probably employ an astrologer and, um, someone who like does astrology and chart readings professionally and they will help to guide you in when you need to be like working hard when you need to be resting when you need to be concentrating on family when you need to be concentrating on business like you can get so detailed into like what is very specific for your chart so like that's one really cool place to start if you're more detail oriented and you want strict rules um if you are a little bit more loosey-goosey and you don't want to get that intense right off the bat, and I will say, like, personally, I've gone in all different directions. I'm actually, um, like, I keep saying there's a season, and I literally just mean that as your personal season for whatever. Like, sometimes it's a season to nurture your marriage. Sometimes it's a season to nurture yourself and go, you know, get an Airbnb in the woods for a couple weeks and, like, do, your, do you. Um, I'm sort of transitioning from a season of, doing all of this on my own and needing to get basically integrating a lot of healing and, and doing it kind of myself and feeling it out for myself. And I'm now entering a season where I'm going to be asking for some help. So I'm actually going to be employing an astrologer to help me figure out some launch dates and different things with my business and, um, and, and my personal, my emotional body, my physical body. Um, so this can totally fluctuate. This isn't set in stone. If you are a little bit more averse to hard and strict rules, there's a, I mean, you can manifest daily for sure. Um, there's also elemental manifestation. Um, this is more of like a witchcraft thing, but basically using the seasons and the elements to manifest. So, oh, it's a good example. So like we just had summer, summer solstice and, um, that is a lot of like sun energy, which is very fiery. It's very sexy. Um, that's why there, like a lot of romances bloom in the summer, but it also can put a lot of fire under you for, um, for setting your intentions and then watching them kind of manifest naturally. This is not a place of 
darkness where you're going to go inside and go internal and brood and like do a bunch of shadow work. That's more winter solstice. Um, so working with the elements, with the seasons, and then of course, um, manifesting with the moon. So the sort of traditional way to do that is to set intentions on the new moon, which is when the moon is completely hidden and dark. Like you look up in the sky and it's either like a tiny little outline of light or you don't see anything at all. The idea, um, a, a easy way to remember what to do is that it's dark. It's like rich, loamy soil that you can plant your seeds of manifestation into. And then the moon waxes and gets bigger until the full moon. And so as that as the moon is waxing, that's when you start to build on those intentions and start to watch them come to fruition. This gets a little bit more complex. Like there's different, there's like different even phases of the waxing moon where you should be doing different things. But for the most part, that's the, that's the rule. Intentions on the new moon and on the full moon, the moon is the brightest in the sky. And I actually really like manifesting on the full moon, like the actual, like literally the night of, because I'm just like, I feel it's power and it's light. And I, it's, I just, the energy is, is so good for me that I, I just love manifesting. But then as the moon starts to wane and starts to disappear in the sky, that's when we start to let go of the things that no longer serve us. And um, I saw this really funny meme that was like, everyone, everyone's letting go of what no longer serves them instead of learning about conflict resolution. <laughs> And it made me laugh because that's not what it's not. This is not about like, oh, she was rude. I'm going to let go of her. Oh, I hate this job. I'm going to let go of that. That's not what it's about. It's more, for me, it's more, it can be physical. It can be an actual thing. Like, you know, I, I'm my, I have an intention to let go of, um, I don't know, like working with a specific client that's really challenging or whatever it is. But also it could be, I'm going to let go of my fear of public speaking or something like that. Um, so manifesting with the moon is incredibly powerful. And then uh, what kind of can go with that is your cycle. So your menstrual, if you're a menstruating person, um, and even if you're, if, if you're not menstruating, I would say go with the moon. If you are menstruating, I would say, so sometimes, and this can be so confusing, because sometimes, so when you're releasing and you've shed the lining of your uterus and you're releasing the blood, that's a great time for release. But sometimes people menstruate on the new moon, right? So like that's conflicting. So you're saying like, wait, I'm supposed to manifest on the new moon. I would say go with your gut. I personally, when I'm, so right now I happen to be cycling. So I start my period on the full moon. Um, and wait, am I getting this right? So wait. And you're, yes. So I start with the full moon and then I'm releasing as the, whack, the, the moon is waning. Mm -hmm. So that actually kind of works out. But if you're the opposite, it can be, it can be a little like confusing, but I would probably go, if you're cycling, I would go with your cycle almost because there's so much physical release during that time. Yeah. Especially in your, you're not feeling maybe as great. You want to just stay in bed here you're being told to like manifest all of your wildest desires and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to watch Netflix. But I would say that's a really good time um, during your period as you're shedding and bleeding to, to start to let go of things. Super powerful. And then ovulation would be the time of, of manifesting. So there's so many different options, but literally you can manifest every day. You don't need to, you can manifest and do shadow work whenever you want. But if you want a little bit of guidance, those are some, some different things that you can work with. 
I like that. And it does. If, if somebody is looking for the structure of it, I think that is a really great place to begin. Um, I'm really big into the, the cycle, the matching up with your cycle, and even the connection to this, your cycle on the moon. You can find out so much there. Um, that's really, really cool to explore. Um, in terms of tools, we didn't really talk about this. I'm like obviously getting into the ritual kit that you offer, but um, this stuff can be free. Like you said, we can just do it on our own, but do you have any favorite tools or, you know, things that can support all of this work? Absolutely. So like we've talked about, everything has energy. And so that's where a lot of the manifestation and witchy tools come in, things like crystals, candles, um, ointments, herbs, sprays, uh, all of this sort of stuff can come into play. Um, I think probably the most powerful tool, again, is meditation, visualization, again, free, something you can do every single day. Um, I spoke a little bit about the Akashic Records, which it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty out there to a lot of people who aren't used to this sort of thing, but essentially it's talking to your guides. And um, Linda Howe is one of the experts in the Akasha, and, and if, if, you, if that kind of rings a bell for you, if that seems like something you'd be interested in, I highly recommend picking up some of her books. Um, but it, it basically gives me a, a grounding space to speak to my guides and see what comes up. Um, you might hear something, you might smell something, you might, you know, feel something. I usually, I don't really hear voices, but I do get like intuitive hits when I open my records. And um, so those are all free ish things you can do. I find that candle magic and herbs really speak to a lot of people. Um, I think the visceral experience of like handling things and seeing things and smelling things and even like taking in herbal medicine is so powerful and it helps to connect us with our physical bodies. And so you could do something as simple as make an herbal tonic or tea. And as you're drinking that in, like talk to the plant, like talk, like see what that plant has to teach you. It's, it sounds so silly, but when you do it, you might be really, maybe you see colors, maybe you have a memory from childhood. Um, tinctures, flower essences are really cool. Um, and then I, I, kind of, I guess I specialize in ritual, it feels so weird to say, but I find, again, I sort of said this at the top of the, top of the show, um, that ritual provides a container for me. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm kind of, I got a lot going on in my head. <laughs> got a lot going on, got a lot to say, got a lot to, to learn. And, um, and I can get really overwhelmed by that. And so I feel like ritual for me is, is a container space. It's like, okay, this is, we're gonna light some candles. Um, I've been studying witchcraft since I was 12. Um, I study most, mostly a, a Western European tradition of witchcraft. There are tons of different kinds, depending on what lineage speaks to you. Um, so candles, candle colors have different meanings and um, different herbs have different meanings. Obviously different crystals have different uh, healing purposes. And so just kind of taking in what speaks to you, creating a space, I do it like on my floor in my office, light some candles, put some crystals out, pick the herbs that I want to use and then kind of see what comes to me. And sometimes I'll have a very specific goal, like releasing fear. Sometimes it will be something like, like I'm ready to like manifest the next big thing. Um, and it doesn't have to take a long time. It can take, you know, 20 minutes or it can take up to an hour or two, depending on 
how you're doing it and who you're doing it with, because this is also something you can bring other people into. I do virtuals with, obviously I do them uh, with the public, but I also like, we'll just bring my boyfriend in and we'll, we'll have a ritual about um, maybe celebrating some big milestones that we've made individually and as a couple, and then kind of writing out the next phase of our lives and what, how we want to feel and what we want to bring in. I think a lot of women can um, benefit from the ritual aspect of it too, because like you mentioned, some people love structure, some people don't, but I find that a lot of women are similar to you, similar to me, <laughs> that there's a lot of things going on. Yes. Um, and sometimes having that like space and that energy to pull yourself back in and do something on the regular can be really healing in itself. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, calm you down, reel you back in, get you to focus and, and specify your time and energy on one thing pretty regularly. Yeah. How often do we create space for ourselves? I mean, even when I take a bath, sometimes I'm like watching a TV show or reading a book. And that, while it is calming and very enjoyable, it's not the same thing. Right. Um, this work is not always pretty. And I think that, that something that even I, with my 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 company and my Instagram and it makes it all look very pretty and it, and it's beautiful. Healing is beautiful. It's what we're here to do. Um, but it's not always pretty. And so, and it's not always easy. And sometimes I sit and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do any more of this. I don't want to do any more like looking inside and, <laughs> and, uh, and figuring out what's going on with me, but it's so important. And so again, like this is something depending on the season of your life that you're in, you can do this very regularly. You can have a morning ritual, you can have an evening ritual, or you can do this with the moon on the new moon and full moon. Um, I actually send out, I'm, I'm pretty regular with my newsletter, but the one thing I always do every month is a full moon and new moon ritual. Um, just because I think it's so important and I love designing them based on sort of what's going on astrologically and what season it is. Um, so it doesn't have to be all the time, but it can also be an amazing space for you to check in just every morning or, or every evening. If you have kids and you don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. to do your, <laughs> your morning ritual, um, just, just doing what speaks to you is important. And so how can listeners sign up for that newsletter? Oh, it's uh, manifestbox.com. There's a free download that you can go ahead and, and sign up for. And um, I'm sure there's other places on the site where you can opt into the newsletter. So yeah, it's, that's my baby. I love sending that thing out. It's, it's the only thing that I do consistently. To be I honest. love reading them. I absolutely love it. Um, because I feel like it does. It reels me back in. And sometimes I forget, okay, it's, wow, it's a new moon. Like, let me make some time and space to do this thing tonight or tomorrow or this week or whatever. Um, so I want to finish up with the boxes themselves because as you mentioned, there's a lot of pieces to all of this. There's so many different tools. I mean, you just pick one thing, like crystals. There's a practice in itself, like you can study crystals forever. So what exactly are the boxes that you've curated and um, how can women learn more about those? Yeah, so the boxes were born out of my own need. <laughs> At the time I was, um, I was in a transition period of my life and I was living with my parents in my thirties and just didn't really have access to a lot of the cool witchy stuff that you maybe have access to if you live in a bigger city. And, um, and I was doing spell work, but I was like 
running to the craft store and to Walgreens and like trying to gather all, everything that I wanted for these very specific things. And it wasn't very inspiring. So I created Manifest Box. Um, right now we have sort of a la carte rituals for love, money, and the Radiance Box is for personal power and self-love. Um, a couple of other boxes coming out soon are Clarity, uh, which I think we all could all use a little bit more of. <laughs> Um, there is a ritual oil in every box, a full-size ritual oil, stones, candles, matches, and um, sacred smoke tools. So the idea being you don't just have everything you need, but there's also step-by-step -step instructions. And this was really important to me because another thing over the years, I've like gone into different shops and talked to different people. And there's so many things you can do that it can become a little overwhelming. And I wanted to provide a little bit of guidance because I think this work is so powerful I don't want anyone to get intimidated or, you know, shelve their crystals because they don't really know what to do with them. And so between the instruction sheet and the resources that I have on manifestbox.com, um, I'm hoping that I'm providing some guidance for people to actually use this stuff. Um, so yeah, lots to come. There's, there's some new things in the works that hopefully will be out in the next six months or so, um, including online courses and a monthly new moon box that is launching hopefully soon. <laughs> and I, I like that these boxes are almost like a gateway because if you are wanting to try manifestation or, you know, <clears throat> some sort of ritual and you don't know where to begin, you can very simply use these kits and then you know, maybe you find something in there that speaks to you. Maybe it is a specific tool or um, a specific practice and then that opens you up to so many so many different things yeah thank you so much yeah that was definitely the goal is providing guidance and i don't know if you if you've tried like the you know where you get all the food delivered and it has the recipe inside those subscription I've, I've never tried them but i have friends that absolutely love them <laughs> well you can use the recipe card over and over again and that was also kind of the idea is like, you can use the same ritual over and over. I used Prosperity Box, that same spell, a dozen times when I was starting my company. And so, you know, it's not, it's not just a one-time use if you don't want it to be. You can definitely tap back into it. Awesome. And you have a special code. So all of our listeners get 15% off with their order um, with the code BABES15. So I'll make sure I link that with the website. And um, you also do these one-on-one -on -one healing sessions. Um, yes. So I'll make sure that I link that as well. Awesome. Yes, those are, those are so, so special to me. Um, you can find those on MalloryLeone.com, but it also links to that site for Manifest Box. So awesome. I'll make sure that I link everything. Um, we're coming up on the end of our time. Is there anything that we missed? Any, you know, ending wise words that you want to leave? I <laughs> could talk forever. <laughs> All of this just opens up. It is so energetic. It just continues to open up conversation that we could go on forever. Totally, totally. I would say, you know, finding, finding a community or finding a teacher or someone who, uh, who you can hold space with is, is so important. You don't have to go this alone. Um, whether you're paying a coach or a healer or whether you reach out to friends or like-minded people, um, there's a lot of people doing this work right now and, and you don't, yeah, you're, you don't have to do this alone. I think that's the biggest thing. I love that. Well, In fact, our, our magic is much stronger when we do it together. 
Oh, I believe in that. The energies heal them. Yes. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I can think of a million things that we can continue to talk about. So we'll <laughs> have to have you back in the future. But um, again, thank you so much for, for all of this. And I know this is gonna help a lot of women. Thank you, Kim, I'm honored. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Well, that's the end of this episode. I'm sure we'll have Mallory back though. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Balance Babes Podcast. Uh, join our Balance Babes community on Facebook. You can follow me personally at Root and Branch Nutrition, and you can follow Mallory at Manifest underscore Box. Till next time. <laughs>